The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, guys. Here we are. Another week. Another week before uh, the season starts. Another week of uh, Sports Grid Spike Week crossover podcast. I am joined, as always, by Davis Maddock. You can find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Bimefor. We are two of the sharps that actually just use our name uh, on all on all of these sites instead of these these geniuses that use their you know AIM usernames or whatever it is uh, on on all the sites. But uh, we were talking just real quick before before the show. You know, this is a long, this is the longest grind I feel like I've ever had for the fantasy football season and, and the draft season. And so it really starts to get robotic and, and almost like, you know, you're just like questioning things to question things at this point. But the one thing that is kind of changing is we're getting some of these quarterback situ- situations ironed out. So this morning we're recording this on Friday morning and Jameis Winston just got named the starter, which I think was probably the favorite. I did go back and forth a little bit throughout the off season on the Taysom Jameis thing, but I think. I think we really started to see that it was probably going to be Jameis. And then maybe an upset? I don't even know. The other day, Teddy Bridgewater got named the, the Denver starting quarterback. So we are getting a little bit of a shakeup in some of those things and getting a little more clarity. So that's the one big thing I think that maybe is changing some of these drafts. Davis, I don't know how you're thinking about like those two situations specifically. Yeah, and I played the Saints one wrong. I was doing Taysom as a third quarterback a lot. And mm-hmm. I guess – the theory behind it is still kind of half true, which is if you play Taysom, you're still going to, you are, you were drawing live to him randomly having an 11 point week or whatever. Cause you, you rush for a touchdown or they do some, you know, dipshit package where both the quarterbacks are out there and Taysom, you know, does a crack block and catches a touchdown or whatever. But I mean, I guess that uh, what became pretty obvious when, they both started playing as Taysom is just not a good quarterback. He got, he got good results for four games last year. Um, and they, you know, they, last year they were also a little bit different of a team. He got some games with Michael Thomas, uh, they had Jared cook on the team. Now it's like, they got Juwan Johnson at tight end. Uh, you know, Traquan is not even back yet. He's dealing with this leg injury. So, you know, it really does feel like, if they are going to be good, it's just going to be because Jameis actually, you know, kind of lives up to what, I mean, we're year seven of Jameis in the NFL now, I think like, and we're Sounds still right. year, year six, maybe I think actually, and we're, we're still trying to figure out uh, if Jameis is any good or not. Which is kind of hilarious, right? That like normally, and, and maybe it's just, he was in a time where we did give some of these guys a little bit of a longer leash. I mean, shit, Andy Dalton is still like probably a starting quarterback in the league. Um, but I feel like now it's like, 
even when you're the number one overall pick, year seven and you haven't figured it out, especially when you're the kind of guy that Jameis is, you know, that's like the 30 intercept, like everybody is obsessed with the interception thing, right? Yeah. You throw a ton of picks or you make, and his, his are particularly like meme worthy, right? You know, spread right. around and, and he looks ridiculous doing it, but you know, that's like a thing, right? It's like pass protection for running backs. Like if you don't, yes. if you miss a pass block, it's like your career's over, you know? Um, and so that's the thing with Jameis. So it's funny that he's still kind of getting these shots, which I do think, kind of proves that he's pretty darn talented actually um, right maybe an idiot but he's pretty darn darn talented uh, talented I think I don't know if I would change it I did so I I went through the full roller coaster of emotions on the Saints quarterback situation I was drafting Jameis very early because I'm you know 20th round okay whatever I drafted Thomas or Kamara or um, I need a third quarterback I was doing the Jameis thing and then like you kind of had the revelation like what is Jameis really ever going to win me you know, and, right. and, and even, even if he wins the job, like I still am not like excited about drafting Jameis really right now, especially with Michael Thomas hurt. Um, I just don't think he's really winning you anything, but Taysom, Taysom could have. And to your point in best ball, especially he, there was potential that like, even if he doesn't get the job, like maybe he still plays a little bit. He, he might sneak some weeks where he even outscores Jameis, even if Jameis right. is the quote unquote starter. So I, I'm, I'm fine having kind of played it how I played it. I didn't go really that hard at this at this situation the one thing i don't know how you treated kamara i think he's the biggest all uh, in yeah, yeah yeah so i i will fully admit to being like what i would call you know quote unquote underweight on on kamara i was just i lumped him more into he's very similar to zeke and all those guys him henry right all those guys were like kind of the same and so i wasn't prioritizing any of them and i was prioritizing kelsey and the receivers a little bit i have definitely started to realize i think that might have been um a mistake just just as the offseason has gone on and definitely with Jameis getting the job um and michael thomas being out and i think the offense might be better than I was probably giving it credit for if Marquez Callaway is the second coming of Terrell Owens, uh, right. you know, like I think I, I do think the offense might be a little bit better. I, I think what we should actually be talking about is should Kamara be the second overall pick over Dalvin? Yeah. And I think that's legitimate. Um, Kamara is my ninth most owned running back. I have him 16% of the time because I take Kamara every time over Henry I take Kamara every time over Kelsey. I never take Diggs or Tyreek ahead of him. I take uh, Alvin Kamara over Ezekiel Elliott. So you can pretty much, like if I pick three through five, I'm getting him mm. for sure. And if I pick six or seven, it's like a, a 30-70 probability of him being there. If someone takes a wide receiver, if someone takes Henry, uh, you know, then I'm, I'm pretty much able locked in to get him. And he, he is an auto-click for me. Um, I, I have him projected for a career high in carries, not not a career high in targets, but that's more just of a function of how doing season long projections yeah. works. Like it's it's like uh, if I give Alvin Kamara twenty five percent target share, he's going to project for more points than Kamara or than than CMC, like, which he might exactly. even get. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah. like he he could uh, if they, I guess. And and the, you know the other thing you didn't mention is. This, if they're for real about this Tony Jones thing, oh yeah, if, if if that's real, I think that would up Kamara's weekly expected snap share from like fifty-five to sixty to like sixty-five to eighty percent because Tony Jones is not going to be a guy who like forces his way onto the field, right? Like that that's that's not going to happen, and he would be more of like a a pure handcuff. 
And we're there's enough smoke here that I think there's some fire. We got that report from the Saints beats, I think like two or three weeks ago, that they were thinking about Latavius as a cut. Sean Payton says that Tony Jones is the second running back. Tony Jones played all the snaps with Jameis Winston in the preseason. Like it's I I think that they're probably telling the truth right now. It doesn't mean that holds over the course of the season. Like they might get to week four. And, you know, Latavius might start to look better or they might just get sick of playing Tony Jones and it could swing <laughs> back. But it, I think that everything that is coming out of the Saints stuff right now is basically telling me you should be drafting Kamara pretty aggressively. This was, yeah, and I got booted for just a second, but I think I got the gist of the Tony Jones thing. I couldn't agree more. I think as someone who was lighter on Kamara for most of the season, like I did, I didn't, I don't have zero Kamara. I'm not a stone idiot. I mean, I'm, I may not be the sharpest, but I'm not that dumb, but I was definitely, you know, mixing in other guys in his tier. Like, I think how you played it has clearly been the right way to play it, you know, three through five, even two through five. Like I know some people already kind of had him in that mix there with Dalvin. I was playing some of this uncertainty poorly. Like, I mean, I know the offensive line is good, so that was not a concern. I know Kamara's role was, was fairly stable, but I didn't take into the, the, you know, the fact that like, okay, maybe Jameis is going to play pretty well and just outright win this job. I was playing more of the uncertainty factor. Like, okay, because if Taysom does win this job, I did think that was really bad for Kamara. Like I did not want third overall Kamara if Taysom is the starting quarterback, but I also didn't play this Tony Jones thing. Like Tony Jones is not good. I'm, I, you, no one will ever be able to convince me that Tony Jones. Is no, he's not. But he's probably not an NFL level level player. But it, the fact that he might get that number two job shows you that Latavius isn't either. It might it just might be over for Latavius, which means yeah. he has he has the least competition and the most responsibility on an offense that he's ever had before. Right? That he, Jameis needs him, and they don't have Michael Thomas. Like Marquez Callaway looks like he's better than Michael Thomas, but we're also let's be realistic about an offense with Marquez Callaway. Who knows what's going on with Traquan? Deontay Harris, I think, got a DUI, so he might not even start the. He, he the did. He he yeah. is. I think it's. I believe it's confirmed. He's missing at least two games. So it's Lil Jordan Humphrey, I guess, is going to play the third. The third wide receiver, Troutman, probably sucks, and he's hurt. You know, so it's and, and even Nick Vanette, Johnson. Yeah, their starting tight end, Nick Vanette, got hurt. He would be like the blocking <laughs> tight end, so it's going to be. Uh, Juwan Johnson, and then I, I think they have another guy, you know, uh, uh, Garrett Gentry, maybe is who it is. I, I got, I'll go look right now, but it's, I mean, it's no one good, but I mean, so like I was thinking, okay, this I called it earlier this year, like the Saints offense, we've been so locked in on what they've been with Breeze, even like before Thomas, even like before Kamara, right? We were so locked in on what this offense was, and I think even even as we saw as breeze really started to deteriorate, it wasn't quite the same, but we could still bank on the Kamara and Thomas thing. And I was like, man, there's a lot of uncertainty here. This could be like a total house of cards situation for the saints offense where like, they're finally like not talented enough to kind of overcome some of the the shortcomings that, that they have. And now I'm starting to feel like that was, it couldn't possibly have been, have been more wrong. And I've, I've flipped to wanting to be under on Kamara to, I think every time I get the number two pick, I should be taking Kamara now, especially because it helps me up up my, I literally did it this morning. Actually, I got the number two pick on, on DraftKings and I, I took Kamara because I think the floor is definitely very clearly there, but also if, if what you projected, if he gets the most carries 
of his of his career. And he we know what the target ceiling is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess we know what the target floor is. Like you can't, like you said, you can't project him for that. But I mean, he could be CMC. Like they could finally be like, okay, I know we don't want to play this guy hundred percent of snaps, but we need to play the guy at 85 because our offense just can't do it without can't him. Right? Do so it. Like Latavius was good enough to play those 30 to 40% of the snaps and get them by to rest Kamara. I don't know that, that you can do that with Tony Jones, especially when Michael Thomas isn't there. So I think Kamara might be like the biggest winner over the last, which is weird because he was, you know, the fourth overall pick or something. But I think like, you know, if you were like me, I think you probably need to be trying to rectify that Kamara situation. Yeah. And I, cause I think that his upside went from, he's got to score 21 touchdowns again to be the guy, like he's got to just run insanely hot on touchdowns to there's absolutely no reason that the saints can't use him like Christian McCaffrey. But that is, that's basically what we're saying is that, I mean, would anyone even argue that Alvin Kamara is less talented than McCaffrey? I feel like most people would say he's better. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's a controversial opinion and maybe it's not, but our, so our, our thought would basically be, well, this is really probably the only season of his career. Like, I don't imagine that they'll do this again next year, that it would be an organizational plan, but this would be the one time for Alvin Kamara to get 250 carries and a hundred receptions. Like if it's going to happen for him ever, it will happen this year. Yeah. I'm just remembering what was it too? So this is back when Jameis was with the bucks. And I think Jameis, did he lose the job to fit Fitz magic? Cause it was week one. If you remember the bucks played the saints, I'll never forget it for DFS because Kamara dropped like 50 fantasy points or something, but I can't remember if it was back in like the Ingram days or. If oh, was I know that was uh that was 2019 uh, or wait, maybe it was 2018 week one, 2018 week one, 48, 40 Jameis was suspended that year. Ah, uh, yep. I remember now. So Cause it's, like, it's, Evans went nuts and that game was obviously, I mean, 48-40. It was, I remember it for DFS purposes. But Kamara was, it. I mean, he, he they did bank on him. I can't, like I said, I can't remember what the situation was. But going in, we were like, oh, man, this is finally the time Kamara's going to get those touches. And he basically did. They built the offense around him um, in that in that game. And he went absolutely nuts. And I, I keep having visions of that, not having enough Kamara. I'm like, oh, my God, if they do this for 17 games, like he, he will outscore CMC, which sounds absurd but it's in the range of outcomes and it's not in the range of outcomes for anybody else, right? Like we talk about Gibson, we talk about CEH, we talk about all those guys. If, if CMC stays healthy and remains CMC, like they're just not really, I guess maybe I can make a cage for, for CEH, like just because of the chiefs. But even then we're drawn really, really thin because of just how much work uh, CMC gets. It's in the range for Kamara. And so um, I think, like I said, he, he's the big winner, but let's pivot to the Broncos. What about the Teddy thing? What are you doing? Are you just, are you bumping anybody? Are you bumping? I talked to Siege yesterday. He's clearly because of the Drew Locke thing. He Now he's spinning it. He's out on all the Broncos because they're an idiot franchise, which is fine. But um, how are you spinning the Broncos? Uh, I'm not really doing anything. It's not like I had a market difference. Uh, like I think I have Teddy for like 0.1 better YPA in the projections. Actually, that's a good reminder. I'm going to go... Uh, I'm actually just going to move everything for 17 games for Teddy on my projections, just for mm. simplicity's sake. I actually think it's very low probability that he plays all 17 <laughs> games. But I guess if I'm my my thought was, it's easier to start with Drew Locke, give him a chance, let him flounder, and turn it over to Teddy. It's the the opposite move is starting the veteran and then going to the young guy. 
which feel so that felt bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. I don't really have, I mean, I have no insight on, you know, what is going on with, you know, their, their organizational structure or whatever. I I'm, I'm not doing anything though. I'm not moving anyone up or down, but I was already really aggressively drafting Jerry Judy. Like I was taking yeah. Judy ahead of Odell, ahead of Robbie, um, you know, not ahead, not, not, not ahead of T and chase, but I mean, Judy is going ahead of chase now in these drafts because of the crazy because of the bad preseason and the, you know, who knows what this like domestic violence Instagram screenshot is for Jamar mm-hmm. chase. Like who knows if anything comes of that, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe you could slightly more aggressively draft Melvin Gordon under the expectation that they're going to be a little bit more competitive early on in the season and that you're drafting Melvin Gordon for like the first six weeks of the season anyways. You're not drafting him for for the playoff round. So I guess maybe, you know, you could take Melvin Gordon for sure over James Conner. Like that's probably a decision that lots of those hyper-fragile teams are doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you could you could make the argument that Melvin Gordon has a better projection and we can feel more certain about his role than we can with James Conner. Yeah, I mean, say whatever you want about uh, uh, beats like Benjamin Albright. I do feel like he's pretty plugged into to the Broncos, and that was one of his things. Is he's like, why is everybody so down on Melvin Gordon? And like, I mean, I think we understand, right? It's like, like you said, it's like the Todd Gurley thing of last year. We've corrected our our ideas on these types of older running backs, especially when they have a Javante Williams behind them. But to that point, what, what's also to say, like. I'm in on this Broncos team, like as a like a, a NFL season uh, take, not even best ball or or season long fantasy football. Like I'm I'm totally in, right? Why are we drafting Jerry Drew that high? Because he's a stud. Why does yeah. no fan also go in the ninth or tenth round? Because he's a stud, right? Javante Williams, stud. Uh, KJ Hamler, you know, we just saw what KJ Hamler could do, and he was a superstar prospect from Penn State. And then we have the guy who has been the best out of all of them in the NFL in Cortland Sutton that also goes, you know, in, in the middle round. So like the offense is absolutely loaded and the defense is pretty darn loaded. So I'm, I'm trying to actually use a little bit of Teddy in, in some of these uh, roster constructions to whether it's three quarterback or man, if you draft on DraftKings, you get locked out of quarterback so freaking easily. Some sometimes that having another fallback option like Teddy, I've actually really liked. So I'm pushing a little bit of the Broncos into my teams just to have Teddy as a, as a fallback option. Because I mean, like, look, we did the simple thing of if all these wide receivers and, you know, all these Broncos uh, offensive options are really going to be anywhere close to this ADP, right? If Jerry Judy is a smash, like I know he's Teddy Bridgewater, but like Teddy outperformed this ADP last year, even he only threw 16 touchdowns. You know, I don't think he's good, but like as a late round guy, you know, in in some best, best ball stacks, I am going to toss, Teddy in a little bit because I like all of those, all those other guys. Only other thing on them. What about Sutton? Are you, are you like, that's the narrative. He's the narrative guy, right? With, if Teddy got the job, Sutton, Sutton can't win, but it's like, dude, DJ Moore was awesome last year, you know, with, with, with Teddy. So what's really the difference? You know, I just don't, I guess I don't really know what to make of him. Like Sutton is obviously a guy I've drafted a ton of, you know, I, I, my Sutton bags last year were pretty heavy when he had uh, <laughs> yeah. nine, nine PPR points and then tore his ACL. I guess it's kind of, it feels like everyone's so excited about Judy people draft, you know, their, what their normal percentage of fan. And then everyone loves KJ Hamler, right? Every, everyone and their mom wants to tell you how much KJ Hamler they've been drafting. So it feels like, <laughs> 
Sutton is, you know, sort of the forgotten one in that ecosystem. And I have a feeling like that could be really bad. Like Sutton could pretty easily be the best wide receiver on this roster, even if Jerry Judy has a good season. Because Cortland Sutton's really good. You know, he was a dominant player in college, really, really good as a rookie. And I feel like that's honestly just what it is. And I'm I'm falling victim to it. Like I don't have very much Cortland Sutton. And in you know, 16 games as a rookie with like awful quarterback play. Sutton was really good at age 23. Then age 24 with even worse quarterback play, you know, 11,000 yards and six touchdowns with what Brandon Allen started one game. Drew Locke started six games. Like it was like the, like, if you want to look at it from like a market share perspective, he had 1100 yards second on the team was Noah Fant with 560. Like he was like, he was like, half of the Broncos passing offense as a 23 year old. So I mean, just as I'm saying it to you right now, I'm like making a mental note, like, okay, like do a couple of drafts today and just take Sutton a couple of times. And like you said, he's fallen so much. It works out well because sometimes you, we get the opposite of this where everybody's on that guy um, that maybe was un- undervalued, right? Corey Davis. I never, I never seen any steam like this Corey Davis shit. Like, I, and I get it. He was, I even said he was undervalued. I had, I don't know, like 11 or 12% Corey Davis or something like that. I was happy with, with, with that, but we're going from like 12th or 13th round Corey Davis. So like he's going in the eighties now, like he, you can't get him in like the eighth round on, on uh, some in these drafts anymore. Like the Corey Davis steam is, has gotten out of control, you know, with, with lack of, with people not understanding context that Elijah Moore wasn't in there. And maybe Corey Davis is going to be just a, outright he's the Stefan Diggs of this year right and 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 you know maybe these people are are sharp but I think it's a little bit silly whereas Sutton everybody's out you know no one is seeing this this angle and it's like you, he's one of the guys I think you might have even been the one that said it I don't know what show it was on but it was like you're he, we could very easily look back on this 2021 season and been like why the hell was I not draft like Cortland Sutton buried me like, why did I not draft 10th round Cortland Sutton? Like, what yeah. are we doing here? You know? I mean, and the the thing with the, to that Corey Davis point, like Corey Davis is the exact wrong type of guy to be chasing up the draft boards. Like Elijah Moore, if we were seeing him playing in the preseason, that would be a guy that I would be chasing up. Jerry Judy, right? Guy's mm-hmm. crushing it, has this huge pedigree, you know, six in the NFL. Like everyone already knows the deal with Judy. Like Judy's a guy I'm fine taking the helium on. Like the helium, I think, is actually good there. Uh, Corey Davis feels like bad helium. Like it feels like basically what he's proved is like availability, that like he's been there and he's done his job. Um, and and I guess, you know, one of the added utilities of drafting number one wide receivers on teams like that is you have way more optionality the rest of your draft because you don't have to reach on a quarterback to stack. Like that is one thing about, okay, you take Cooper, you take Gallup, you take DeAndre Hopkins, you take... Stephon Diggs, you know, whoever you take Mark Andrews, you take Marquise Brown. It's like, you don't have, you don't have optionality in those rounds because the quarterback is already gone. Um, You know, you take a, you take Michael Gallup and you don't have Dak and you didn't take Kyler. Like, well, you're out of luck. Like you don't have the week 17 stack. You don't have his quarterback stack. You take Marquise Brown, you know, uh, Lamar is already gone, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so the, I tend to think in that eight, nine, 10 round range, I'm trying to think of like, oh, I'd really like to take Fuller here so I can take Tua, or I'd really like to take Darnell Mooney here so I can get Fields or whatever. Yeah, I, I think that's 
that has bailed me out on some of these guys, probably like Corey Davis, right? Like if Corey Davis had a, a quarterback going in the fifth round, I probably wouldn't even have as much as I have um, of him in the 11th or 12th. Or I don't even know exactly his old ADP because it's moved up like four rounds. But like I use that. I mean, I do use that. Like you said, that Tua having the optionality to be able to back into Tua, to back into Red. Right? I like to back into Darnold. Zach Wilson is a great option. To, to back into now if you want to use Teddy if you want to use Jameis or whatever right use the tiebreaker on those guys you know when when you can have the the stack potential because it's really you know especially depending upon your room QB has to be the weirdest like uh like draft you know environment but depending upon the room that you're in and in the site that you're on like sometimes it's like don't I, I did a drafters draft which I'm doing another one a little bit later later today and I got Don, Sam Darnold with my last pick and I had like the stack set up and everything. Like it just worked out. I wanted Darnold and then some other things broke away where I couldn't take him at cost. And he ended up coming back to me in the last round of a 20 round draft, right? That doesn't, that does like sometimes on DraftKings, I'm like, it's the 14th round and all the quarterbacks are gone. Do I need to take Sam, Sam Darnold here? And on the other side, it's like on underdog sometimes, yeah, I don't like Brian Fitzpatrick is there. Like I, people are showing me screenshots. Like, should I, I have two quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick is here with the my 18th round pick. Should I take him? It, it, quarterback is the weirdest uh, space. So that, that optionality is really important to me. Yeah. And I mean, I think I, I like knowing that Teddy has won the job to provide some of that extra optionality mm-hmm. because one, one spot I have found myself in is, trying too hard to get, I mean, and, and this happens, right? This is something you talked about on ship chasing is trying to get the perfect team where you're like, I'm okay having some dead teams, right? So try and get like, you're, you're picking on the the turn and you have T and you have chase, but you're like, you know what? I'm going to press it to see if I can get burrow at the 11th pick of the 11th round. And you have no quarterbacks yet. And you're like, if I get burrow, I'm going to like this team. If I don't get burrow, I'm going to hate this team. <laughs> so you're kind of your backdoor stack options are like Crowder, Wilson, you know, one of those shitty Detroit guys and Jared Goff, yeah. but like KJ Hamler and Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, that's pretty appealing. That to me, that's about as good as Crowder, Zach Wilson, you know, roughly. I mean, probably you like Hamler's upside better and you like Wilson's upside better. So, you know, mm-hmm. you kind of split it. You kind of split it that way. Yeah, I totally agree. It, we don't have a lot of those those options, right? Like, I mean, there really isn't one for Jameis, I don't think. Um, I guess Troutman, if you want to do that that dance, but that's you know that's also tight end, and that's a little bit different. A little Jordan Humphrey or something like that. I, I, there isn't really anything available for you for Jameis, and like you said, the other ones are hideous. I mean, Sterling Shepard, Dan- like I have Sterling Shepard, Daniel Jones teams. I have the crowd. I probably have more of the Crowder Wilson thing than I care to admit because of exactly what, what you just said. Um, Fitzpatrick, Deami Brown, I guess is a Yeah, but Deami is steamed now. So yeah. if, you, if you take Fitzpatrick, I mean, sometimes Deami might go off the board before Fitzpatrick. So like that <laughs> yeah. was a way that was a, that was a backdoor one. Now, if you want to do that, you might have to take Adam Humphreys. Yeah, which I have had, had to do. And you want to talk about feeling like you just punted off a team. Like, yeah. you're like, I forced the backdoor stack and I had to do it with Adam Humphreys. Like, well, how, what are we, what, what are we even going to win here? If Adam Humphreys is like a, a win. So to your point, like a KJ Hamler, Teddy Bridgewater is like actually, actually appealing. The other one that um, I wanted to get to, it's a perfect transition into some of these probably rookie quarterbacks. Cause they're the only situations now at quarterback that have not been ironed out are the rookies. Right. Mac yeah. versus Cam, Lance versus Jimmy and Fields versus 
Dalton. Mac, though, seems actually like the one that might be the biggest favorite to win the week one job, which is kind of kind of hilarious. And maybe I'm just giving in to like the, the reporting and the cam COVID thing and, and all that. But he also does kind of have some of those some of those options, whether it be James, you know, it's not it's not like 18th round backdoor stacks, but James White goes fairly similar to like a Crowder, right? The tight ends are extremely cheap. Um, and then I guess maybe Nelson Aguilar is close, you know, but there's, there's options. The, for the ideal like one is Hunter Henry, Mac Jones, where yeah. if you're really, if you're really stuck, Hunter Henry's like 14th, 15th round now. And then Mac Jones is like, actually, I, uh, I drafted a horrible, horrible DraftKings team yesterday. I was distracted and I, I, uh, their, their app, um, their app does not work. Uh, it, it just, I mean, no, no disrespect, but it just gets a little bit buggy. And sometimes you're stuck there on the clock and you're trying to make a pick and it won't let you make a pick, especially if it's like three seconds left. And, you know, what I do when I'm doing these drafts is I, I take a wide receiver or a tight end and I star the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So that I know, like, if, especially if I'm doing multiple drafts, I know, well, I time out in the fifth round. I took Allen Robinson in the third round, so I got Justin Fields in the fifth round. And I was like, okay, so on this, I, I, I have to take a second quarterback, but I have to literally do it in the last round. And I took Mac Jones because I was like, like just one of these guys, please start for me in week one. I don't care which one. Just give me, just give me ten points. Um, yeah, I probably have. I, I bet at least five percent of my teams out there have something like that happen, where like I auto drafted a quarterback too early. I misclicked someone, which is uh, so. I, I guess I'm I'm helping pay the rake a little bit. Oh, I definitely am because and it always seems to be. Uh, like in the mornings, I do a pretty good job. I'm pretty locked. In. You know, I'm, I just woke up. I, I yep. got some caffeine in me. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, like you said, you're at the gym or working out or whatever. I'm pretty locked in. It's, I I'll, I like to do drafts when like I'm cooking dinner or like yep. we make we make our dog's food and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely distracted. And then like, I'm tired because the whole day is over. And the next, and if you, like you said on DraftKings, if you do it on DraftKings, the, 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 Text alerts, you know, the, the push alerts will come like with like five seconds left on yep. on the clock and it'll it'll kick you out of the, not only just like the room, it'll kick you out of like the app. So you got to you got to hop back in and it takes yeah. forever. Right. If you need to get back into an underdog draft, it takes like two seconds. If you need to get back into a DraftKings draft, you're never getting back in what by the time that you're on the clock. So I have ton, I think the only reason I have Michael Thomas on on DraftKings in like the you know seventh through tenth round is because I t- is because I time out, time out. All, all all the time on there. But luckily DraftKings is so bad it's not that it's not that I don't think I think yeah still, I think uh, I think my still... I think my fifth round I think my fifth round Justin Fields team is actually live to advance uh, out of my <laughs> out of my league. Yeah, they're they are so so bad. But I have the I have that exact same uh, uh, timeout thing. But I I've been I've been getting more bullish on Mac. Um, which is which is not something I would have said at the beginning of the offseason. I certainly would not have said I was going to be bullish on Teddy Bridgewater, but I think we are in a you know the the market we've talked about this has just gotten more efficient, especially on underdog. And so I, I kind of want to push the limits on my quarterbacks more frequently right now. Like we kind of talked about things that have changed in our drafting strategies last week, and I think that's one of them. I've always been I've been like I've been going so hard. You I. I heard you talk about your exposures to like between the rookies and Tua it's like that's where I'm living really the rookies Tua and Dak it's I mean those are my those are my five most owned quarterbacks is the the rookies with Tua not including Mac Jones yeah exactly same 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 for me and then I have Darnold and Dak 
Um, and I think maybe, you know, somebody else makes sense. But anyway, like that's where I've been living already. But now like the market just continues to get more efficient and more efficient. And so how do I kind of continue to win wide receiver, win running back, win, you know, how do I still get my elite tight ends, you know, all that kind of stuff without giving up too much? Well, I, I, now I have more quarterback options. You got to you got to so push I'm, it. You got to push it at quarterback now. And also it's yeah. helpful now with like different textures of the boards to try and build like some different stacks, like mm -hmm. to just because you'll get your stacks with different permutations, like try and do your, your Cowboys Cardinal stacks now with Sony Michelle or whatever, you know, just like different, different styles of, uh, of teams, you know, basically it's like, so what Pete said the other day, it's like doing your your 150 where you lock four players and then you wheel around the other ones. It's like, that's kind of what I'm trying to do right now. Yeah, because you're, you're still sticking to the same core, like tenants of the strategy, right? And like the top however many rounds haven't changed. I We still like T Higgins and we still like CD. You know, we still like all those guys. So we're just going to keep drafting a lot of those guys, right? Still kind of, you know, mixing through or whatever. But now this gives us an opportunity, like, take 18th round Tony Jones Jr., right? We're not excited for him, but like he's, what's the difference between him and all these other guys, you know, mix in Sony, mix in those yeah. guys. It helps, it helps, you know, don't be stubborn on, don't, don't keep taking, you know, I'm not taking Darrington Evans in every draft anymore because I have these new options uh, uh, available to me. So only that, that the, the, the Latavius thing like kind of reminds me, is there any situation where you think like maybe a guy's going to get cut or we've seen like the indications on, you know, uh, something we didn't foresee, right? Like we all just assumed Latavius was the locked in number two. Is there any other situation like that where like we're getting rumblings about like Rashad Penny getting cut um, and some of the, some of those things that, that are really jumping out to you to take advantage of in the last two weeks? I mean, the most obvious one is that the Jacksonville Jaguars starting running back is like 50-50 to be Carlos Hyde. Like, I know you all love James Robinson, yeah. but I've done this before, right? I've, I've done this with Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde. I did this that same offseason with Damian Williams and Carlos Hyde where yep. they cut Carlos Hyde, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he's out of my life. And then he ran for 1,000 yards for the Texans. Carlos Hyde has taken carries away from Nick Chubb. Carlos Hyde has taken – oh, well, I got to go look up these old 49ers teams. He has taken away – carries from so many running backs that you all think are really good uh so 2015 for the 49ers he was getting carries okay there was no oh he's getting carries over mike davis on that team funnily enough um but yeah he's gotten carries over chubb he has gotten carries over moster he how about this how's how's this for a tilt 240 carries for carlos hyde 105 for matt Breida, a season where he was averaging uh like five and a half yards per touch like yep. i'm just and i'm just telling you dude this is I, I just am expecting this at this point i just i am expecting carlos hyde to like take the first carry for the jaguars in week one and james robinson is fine we He's are making fine. like the market is making like you should have been more excited for matt Breida and raheem mostert and like some of these guys that he held off before right they're like potentially elite potential league winners james robinson got every touch on this team. I know that they're going to be more efficient offensively, blah, blah, blah. You don't have to like, no one has to make that argument, but like he got every running back touch and every running back snap basically just to be a top 10 running back. Right. Amongst yep. the year where every, like everybody got hurt, right. CMC got hurt. Saquon got hurt. Zeke, the whole, his whole team got hurt. Like he, just to get in the top 10, he needed every touch. Now 
you, the argument for him isn't even that he gets every touch. It's that he's Mike Davis on the Jaguars, right? He's getting the, the he's playing third downs and he's getting goal line work. And you can't even prove that he's going to get any of that. This team drafted a running back in the first round when the, James Robinson was great last year. They had him on the team and they spent a first round pick on Travis, on Travis Etienne. And they wanted to get, you know, and, and they uh, uh, you know went out and got Carlos Hyde, right? They went out and got that. They also brought in, uh, what's his name? Dari Ogunbowale, who like say what again, say whatever you want about him. They're all they were they've been talking about him as a pass protector all throughout camp. Like well, he was, he was on the alerts. team last year, right? Was he? I thought he I thought he No, he uh, was on the was team. Still. He was on the team last year and he played a shit ton of special teams, but they never uh they never they never brought him in yet. So he played 14 games. I mean, he barely played. He got 42 touches last year for them. But he was on the team last year, and he and and he's not gone, and he's he's a, a pass protector with a new scheme, right? I'm yeah. just I'm reciting all these blurbs that I've read about the freaking Jags because it's like mind numbing to to read Urban Meyer and all his dunce coaches talk about these players. But the point being, like I, he I'm seeing this dude go in the third fourth round of these of these drafts, and it's like, what are we really doing here with with this guy? At least with like the Henderson thing. It was like this team drafted him. I know this team also drafted Cam Akers, and he's being backed up by Jake Funk and probably some dusty veteran, right? And and, Zav- and Xavier Jones. And this offense is like potential like league winning offense, right? With the Rams, I like the Jags' offense. They're not the Rams' offense, and yeah. the, the running the running back value is not is is not the same. And so obviously we're knocking Henderson down, but then we just put, we're just going to do the same thing with James Robinson. And who's to say they don't bring somebody in? Right. If Latavius gets cut, Latavius sure seems like if, if Latavius went to Ohio State, Urban Meyer would absolutely pick up Latavius Murray. Like, so I, I, the James Robinson thing is killing me. Yeah. I just like, cause, well, and also, I mean, it's a little bit of sour grapes because I had like none of them. Like, I had like, no, yeah. like I was taking Rojo over him. I was taking Pollard over him. You know, I'm, I'm sure that James Robinson versus Pollard was the decision I had on the clock at some point. And I am positive that I took Tony Pollard instead. The, my best, I went back and looked at, because uh, I'm trying to keep a spreadsheet of all my teams and stuff, and I have two James Robinson underdog best ball mania, two teams. One is with Cam Akers, and the other one is uh, with Michael Thomas. And so uh, really, really not not doing well. That's The point is, he got more value, but like I don't think he, you're like ever going to be in a scenario where like, oh, no, I don't have, you know, eighth round James Robinson. Well, it'll it will just be if if Trevor Lawrence is as good, you know, very very good, and if they just play him the same way they did last year. They play him the same way they did last year. You're gonna hate your life. You're gonna be like, true. Got great. I got I got 18 zeros from Travis Etienne. I hope (laughs) I hope I had a lot of five running back Etienne teams, but I know I didn't. I know that a lot of those turned into hyper fragile teams with Tony Pollard as the third running back. Yeah, it felt so good, right? Oh, look at all this upside. I got uh, CEH and Travis Etienne and Tony Pollard and, and well, Alexander Madison or whatever. Gio Bernard or whatever. Yeah, and you're scoring like six points total at at, uh, at running back. The, I was trying to think. Um, the other thing that is is like uh, this Jamar Chase thing. Are are you are like I wasn't really high on him, but are you are you buying this dip? Or oh, I was I was super high on him. Like I was taking him at his old cost, so I'm just I'm just scooping it up now. Over like, T 
Were you drafting no, him no, over T? No, I take I take T first. And for a while you for a while you had to take Chase first and then get T coming yeah. back. Then it flipped. But now you like every once in a while Chase will go at like the six two or whatever. Um so yeah. I and it, look if he's if he is a piece of shit domestic abuser, then I'll eat my zeros and whatever. That's fine. Uh and, and I, I literally know nothing about what's going on, but it's a combination of that and a combination of uh, him playing like shit in the preseason, which like, I don't know. Do you, do you ever remember anything about any wide receiver rookie playing? In the, like, I don't remember Juju Smith Schuster in the preseason. I don't remember, you know, Odell, Odell didn't play in the preseason. Odell. I don't remember any of these guys in the preseason. Really? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's just, we haven't had, we didn't have it last year and it's a really, you know, it's the, we've never seen this before, right? He opted out and he, you know, so everybody is so tethered to this. He hasn't played football in a year and a half. Of course. How could you ever draft him in the fourth or fifth round? It's like, he's one of the best wide receiver prospects of all time. And they're going to throw 50 times a game. Like, yeah, I'm pretty excited about, about this guy. I don't care that he dropped three, three. It's just like, I don't care that Trey Lance has thrown some bad, some bad passes, right? Like there are certain things like the, uh, again, I think you said it uh, maybe on on the swole cast. It's like, a little bit of the performance thing can come in, right? Like there's maybe like one to 5% of performance related preseason things that we can draw some conclusions, but like almost all the time, it's absolutely meaningless. We're obviously looking for usage and that kind of, you know, yeah, I want to see what guys are playing with the first team. I don't want to see Michael Carter playing with the (laughs) ninth stringers. Like I wasn't drafting any Michael Carter before, but now I'm like 14th round. All right. Tevin Coleman, like, come on down. Like, Michael Carter, Michael Carter is like the running back four in New York. Yeah. Ty Johnson. Um, I was drafting a good bit of actually last round Ty Johnson. And so that's another one that's made me feel better. And I'm actually drafting some more Ty Johnson just because I think he's probably better than Tevin Coleman. And, uh, and it, it's at least like a 50, 50 bet probably between, between those two guys. And I, I feel the same. Like, I, I don't think it, it also might be a decent time to buy Michael Carter if he really starts to, to fall just to get some get some exposure to him because I don't really have hardly any at all. Um, but you know the typical bullshit of rookies like maybe he does start to break out later in the year or something. Yeah, no, uh, I I don't. I guess I see it, but it feels like it feels like his price is like uniquely bad. Like I don't I know. So. I just I can't I can't get there with Michael Carter. No, he's being treated like. The, the, like, not quite, but you know, like Javante and ETN were being treated. He wasn't that much cheaper than those guys. And it was solely because we're like the ambiguous backfield thing, but like not every fourth round, like he wasn't that highly drafted. He wasn't that good of a, like, he's a fine player or whatever, but we're not talking about something like truly special here. And there was zero indications other than everybody gets fluffed right in, in, in camp. I mean, you, you think Elijah Moore's Jerry Rice, if and I like Elijah Moore, but like, if you would think Elijah Moore's Jerry Rice with the Jets reports. And so he got a little bit of hype, but he was never, we never thought like, Oh my God. Yeah. We need to take this guy in the eighth round. And, and I guess that's, you know, I, that's, that was one of the efficient inefficiencies of the, of the draft market, but I wasn't, I wasn't really on him. Um, I think, yeah, I think that, that about sums it up. I, um, I guess one, one final, one final question. What is the biggest thing you're going to try to correct? Uh, like right now, immediately you brought up Sutton. I think you brought yeah, up Sutton. Sutton is one. Uh, and like, I have a lot of Giovanni Bernard, but I'd like Giovanni <laughs> Bernard to be like my third most owned running back, not my eighth mm-hmm. most owned running back. Like I, I want to, 
pretty like a like round eleven. Honestly, I want to start just having the star on Geo and just being like get it get him as the running back three or four because Rojo is going to handle all the early down work. But I think the the stars are written that Fournette is just like the break glass in case of emergency guy. Yeah, I totally agree. Love love Geo. I'm on the same page with you with Sutton. I wasn't buying in the whatever when he was going the sixth or the seventh and I was buying Judy. And now I think I drafted Sutton within the last couple of days. And again, I've been mostly on DraftKings or drafters, but I mean, he's plump, like absolutely plummeting um, on, on those sites. So I, and I really want to get some exposure to him. The other one current, I got, maybe I need to stop listening to Crane because he keeps start selling me on all these guys that I didn't want. I didn't like, and I didn't want to draft, but I do think he's at least keeping my brain in check. I was like all out on DJ Chark like way out on DJ Chark. Like I liked Visca. I was, you know, mixing in a little Marvin Jones and some last round Colin Johnson and obviously RETN, RIP ETN. Um, but Chark is the same thing as Sutton. You know, he's not as good, but like full plummet, right? Seventh round pick, you know, got the Silva bump early in the off season, right? He was the, he was a, a sexy, you know, sixth, seventh round pick. And now everybody's all out. And I was all out too, but we're getting a really, like you're going to get the cheapest DJ Chark of the year now, um, so it's the time I want to buy. And I'm like I said, I'm just trying to get some, I like the Jaguars like staff, the Jaguars offense. So I want to have some DJ chart. Yep. I'm on, I'm on board with that one. Uh, I guess, I guess, uh, another one would be, it's not cheap, but I want to at least get to leave field average on Antonio Brown. Cause I have none. Wow. I've got like 2% Antonio Brown. And I just am starting to get this feeling that Brady is going to try and pepper him. So I, maybe yeah. not even to 8%, but I'd like to even get to like 5% on him, which means I got to start taking him over Hardman sometime. Well, fuck, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I, I just, I can't. That, I, that would be my advice to you guys, but I don't think I can follow my own advice. It's the price, dude. It's the price. How do you take him over? He goes in the Hardman, Fuller, Waddle. Like he just goes in this range of all these exciting young players that have like, I'm not, I guess maybe AB has real upside that I'm just not, but I mean, I'm just really finding it hard to see. Obviously an injury would help, but even with an injury, like he's still competing with a lot of good football players. You know, I, 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 I have, I have not drafted him one time. I don't, it may be a, maybe a timeout or a misclick, but I have, I just, I just can't see it. I just, I just can't take AB and, and maybe I'll just be stubborn on that one. Yeah. I, I think that's probably where I'm going to end up too. All right, what do you got? Uh, what do you got going on the rest of the day coming up? We're, we're football yeah, I got uh, the know it. the cheat sheet that we use to draft the main event teams. Me and my buddies. I am working on that article right now, so you'll literally be able to see the sheet that I draft. Uh, you know, lots of lots of high stakes fantasy football <laughs> drafts on. I always like to share that, and uh, yeah, then you know we'll just keep doing the show, take cast, all all that good stuff. Yeah, we talked about it, I think, last week, but I'll, I'll be interested to see. I think that, you know, I feel very confident they're going to drop, like, underdog, especially is going to drop, like, an in-season um, yes. contest. And NBA, I mean, NBA is also getting very close. They're going to be, they're, they're probably waiting, you know, they're, like, itching to drop the NBA, but they don't want to, you know, have people run to the NBA contest away from, like, best ball mania. So I'm really interested to right. see where those, you know, some different, some kind of different things to talk about. Only thing I, I will plug, yeah, in an hour or so, I am uh, going to be, Going live on a drafters draft. Um, I like uh, those have been kind of fun. I know you've been drafting on drafters, a different platform. It's fun to do the, the different yeah. format. And then tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central, 
the man himself, Evan Silva, is com- is coming on is coming on stream, and we're gonna draft a big dog team on underdog. Evan Evan's only a high roller now. He doesn't he doesn't play with us peasants and big dog media. big dogs yes. only. Yeah, exactly. So we're doing a we're doing a big job big dog draft. But uh, for Davis and for for all these fun people that we talked about and uh, and for for the Duncy Jaguars, we will we will see you guys next. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.